Brett left his cell phone up here. I thought I got, God provided a new cell phone for me. Well, that's going to be a wonderful day. Just, just imagine your first glimpse of Jesus. Just think of that for a minute. You walk in heaven, heaven's gates, they'll open that big pearly gate. And uh, you may see a lot of friends, loved ones, angels, people. I think we're just going to be in awe. But wait till they bring us to the throne and we see the one who died for us. Man, hallelujah. I feel like Lester Roloff. Hold my mule while I shout. Amen. Amen. By the way, shouting, it's okay to shout every once in a while. Amen. Amen. It's okay to just say, man, that's exciting. Glory to God. Amen. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen. I like it. I like it. Sometimes just, just thinking of escaping everything in this world and this life. It's all behind you. And you get to just see Jesus. Woo! I think it'll change my sermon tonight. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Brett. Great song. I love the song. Romans 13 in your Bibles, please. The book of Romans, chapter 13 in your Bibles. <clears throat> God is good, brother. Uh, you know, when I'm playing the organ and, <laughs> and, and people handshake, they always want to come up and shake my hand. And it's hard to, you know, shake my hand. <laughs> And then I got, the, I'm doing the elbow bump right now, you know, because I got a cold. And so it's like, boink, amen, boink. And so Brother Bingham came up and uh, he's stepping on my pedals while I'm playing. I said, you're making me look bad, Brother Bingham, amen. And so uh, I just, I thought, you know, he got, he got close up there and I was just going to go boink, amen. <laughs> Pop them in the ribs and just keep right on going. Amen. But I, I was nice. Amen. I try to be that every once in a while. Romans chapter 13. Are y'all asleep? It's been a slow day today. But we're going to stir it up with some preaching. Amen. Amen. Get some old fashioned rip roaring, snorting preaching going on. Amen. And if you really want the blessing, come down, sit on the front row and I'll spit on you while I preach. Amen. <laughs> Romans chapter 14 tonight, we're going to look at three verses here, <clears throat> and I want to speak on one word uh, out of this passage tonight. Romans chapter 13, verse number 12. What did I say? 13, 14, 13. <laughs> oh, I'm on chapter 13, amen. <laughs> Y'all get on the same page with me for crying out loud, amen. Romans 13 and verse 12, how's that? I'll really mix you up now. Verse 12, let's begin here tonight. <clears throat> the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness and chambering wantonness, not in strife and envying, put, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and here's the thought I want to preach on tonight. Make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And I want to talk on that word provision tonight. And I trust God will help us and bless 
his word tonight. Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, we need you tonight. God, without you, I'm nothing. But Lord, with you, all things are possible. So we call upon you, Lord, as best I know how I yield myself to you tonight. And God, I pray tonight that you would meet each need of every heart and every mind. Lord, we don't know all the needs. We don't know all the burdens, but God, you do. You know, uh, you know each person. You know each uh, thought. And so, God, tonight, as you put this sermon on my heart tonight, I pray that you take the truths of it, Lord, and use it for your glory and honor. And uh, bless, Lord, we ask thy word tonight. Empower it, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> we are made, God has made us with three separate parts. We are a body, we are a soul, and we are a spirit. There is a, the soul is the part of you that lives forever. But your body is the part of you that um, we will not live forever. This body is going to decay in a grave someday. And uh, your body is going to decay in a grave someday. Our flesh will not live throughout all of eternity. This corruptible, the Bible says, will put on incorruption. Well, that'll be a good day, amen? Never weighted down by this old flesh anymore. This corruptible will put on incorruption. I can't wait for that day. That's going to be a great day. And the Bible teaches here <clears throat> that this flesh is what keeps us and holds us uh, down in life if we allow it. But there is overcoming power in the flesh according to the Word of God as we understand the Word of God. And I want you to know <clears throat> that really this old flesh, this flesh that we live in is, uh, it, it's one of our greatest enemies. It wants to rule our life. It wants to own us. It wants to control us. And I want you to notice what the Bible says about the flesh here. And I want to make this point tonight as best I can. In verse 14, it says, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh. <clears throat> now, that word provision is an interesting word. It is the Greek word pronia, I believe is how it's pronounced, pronia. And it simply means a supply. Don't bring a supply uh, of the flesh. And what it's simply meaning and what the understanding is, is that <coughs> the flesh cannot proliferate in our life if it is not supplied. Does that make sense? It has to have a supply in order for it to succeed. Now, that's what Jesus said. That's what the Bible's saying. Make not a supply. Don't, don't have something supplied for the flesh where the flesh can actually proliferate in our lives. Now, let me ask a personal question tonight. Are you all ready? How many of you have ever been on a diet? You ever been on a diet? Man, if you're under 21, you don't even need to worry about a diet, right? Most don't. But <clears throat> you ever been on a diet? Can I tell you what? When you're on a diet, you cannot supply your home with everything that you want 
if you're going to keep that diet. And all God's people said, you have to supply it with all the food that tastes horrible. Right? I mean, you cannot supply, you can't bring them. You can't bring all the, the fattening stuff you like, the, the ice cream and the fattening cakes and the cookies and the, and the soda pop. You can't bring all that if you want to be on a diet, right? And the idea is, is that you, you're not supplying it. So you get hungry, what do you do? You go up, open the refrigerator, and you have filled it with rice cakes. Right? Cardboard. Amen? Now what if a pizza's in there? I got news for you. You're independent Baptist. It's going to be gone. Amen? And uh, so what I'm saying tonight is you have you, you've supplied it, right? There is a supply that is uh, needed. Now if that supply is not there, then the flesh cannot grow. You can, you can have a diet if you don't have the if you have the, the, the good supply and you don't have the bad supply. Now, <clears throat> as we live our Christian life, we battle this old flesh. This old flesh can actually, you know, it can actually take us completely out of God's will and wash us out of church and wash us away from the Lord. <clears throat> and, and so that's why God's teaching us, don't have a supply of the flesh. Now, there are things that are unique to you and not. Now, it, 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 so, some people are affected greatly by alcohol, liquor. Let's call it what it is, drunkenness. That's what the Bible calls it, amen? I don't like all these new comfy, cozy words, these candy-coated words we use uh, for sin today to make it more comfortable and easy. Uh, and by the way, alcohol is not a disease, it's a sin. It's wrong. You say, now what about social drinking, preacher? Let me tell you something. You can never become a drunk if you don't ever take that first drink. Amen. Amen. There'd never be drunkenness if that first drink were never taken. You can never become a dope addict if you don't take the first dope. You can never, you can never have to break the chain of smoking cigarettes if you never start the first one. You say, oh, but it's cool. No, it's stupid. Amen. You know, they say the average chain smoker, get this, spends over $300,000 in a lifetime on cigarettes. You are paying $300,000 for cancer. Now, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Amen. Uh, by the way, you say, how do I quit smoking? You don't, don't, don't buy it. Don't bring in the supply. You say, it's not that easy. Well, what are you going to smoke? Your fingers? You know, suck your thumb. <laughs> if the supply, Scripture's teaching, if the supply is not there. Now, we live in a world that will supply. Are you with me? They're going to supply it. They're going to supply it. And, and can I tell you? If you don't have the supply, you won't be able, you won't be able to gratify that for old flesh. Amen? 
I keep, my wife has got me uh, hooked on these fruit juice bars. And um, we keep a good supply of those. After church tonight, I'm going to go home and have me a, a grapefruit juice bar. They melted in the car the other day. They got in the car. I don't know how they melted. The weather was so cold, but they melted in there. And they all went down to the bottom. So it's like a great big glob down at the bottom of the stick. Amen. It looked like a mushroom or something like that. <laughs> and we refroze them. But I'm going to go home after service and have one. Of <clears throat> Let me tell you something. If there were a pizza in the house, that's probably what I'd go to. Actually, I think there is. So I, <laughs> I, 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 I got to get rid of the supply, man. <clears throat> Let me tell you something. There's no way you can gratify the flesh if you don't have the supply of the flesh. Make no provision for the flesh. God said, if you don't supply it, you can't have it. Uh, an alcoholic, a, a drunk, they have to realize... They can't even get around alcohol. You know, I've never been an alcoholic. And I thank the Lord I've never taken a, a, a drink of liquor in my whole life. Amen. I couldn't stand the smell of it the first drink. But some people are addicted to it. And they say if you, if you uh, are serious about quitting, you can't even walk by the store in the, in the grocery store. You can't even go down the liquor aisle in the store. Uh, you know, if, 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 if a person has trouble like that, they ought to have somebody else go do their shopping. Amen. You say, you say why? Because there's a principle in Scripture that if there is no supply, then you cannot make provision for that flesh. That flesh cannot own you or control you. Amen. Uh, hear me. If you never go to the wrong place, that's why when you go to the wrong places... And you find yourself maybe in a place that you shouldn't have gone. You say, what do you do? Get out of there. Yeah. Don't supply. Yes. Now, I want to show you this in Scripture. Go to Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. Hold your finger in Romans. Go over to Genesis. Now, we're, we're talking here in Genesis about Joseph. And Joseph, uh, he had to face this old flesh and he, he won the victory. And what did he do about it? How did he do it? And let's begin Genesis chapter 39 and verse number 7. Genesis 39 verse 7. Notice it says, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said, Lie with me. Now, let me tell you something. Uh, fellas, there are evil women in this world. There are evil women in this world. And um, you may run into one of these one day. And uh, notice verse 8. But he refused. By the way, that's what you do. Amen. Say, no! No! Um. You know, in the workplace, you ever run across this? Or in the world, you run across this? Let me tell you something. This world is wicked. And it has no respect of gender. It doesn't. And um, 
she was ready to get her hooks in old Joseph. Come on, Joseph, the master is gone. Now, can I tell you something? Joseph decided to get out of there. There was no supply. He said, I'm getting away from her. He ran. He refused. He refused. And notice he said here, uh, verse 8, but he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, my master walleth not what is with me in the house. He hath committed all that he hath to my hand. See, he's saying, I, my, the master made me a steward of this household. And I'm not going to break my master's trust. He made me a steward of it. Well, that's a good thought. I, and by the way, if we keep our stewardship in, our, in mind all the time, we keep our stewardship in mind all the time, we can avoid the supply, the provision of the flesh. Go on as we see. Uh, behold, verse, verse uh, 9, there is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? See, he had a conscience, didn't he? He had a conscience. And he realized he could not do this and please God. He was interested in pleasing the master. And uh, notice verse 10. And notice this principle here. And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day. Let me tell you something. The devil will try to whittle you down day by day, day by day. Imagine Joseph had to go that place. He had to go that place of work. And Potiphar's wife was there. And the Bible says day by day she was working on him, tempting him, tempting him. <clears throat> Boy, he had to live in prayer. He had to live in prayer, didn't he? He had to live a holy life because every day he had to face that. Boy, I'm going to tell you something. That is real in our world today. It's real. Verse 10, it came to pass. As she spake to Joseph. See, she was actually coming up to Joseph. She spake to Joseph. Joseph didn't speak to her. By the way, that's a good principle too. Amen. I found there's a good thing to do. Carry a picture of your wife in your wallet. Amen. Whenever you think there's a temptress coming around or always coming and talking to you, say, hey, hey have you ever seen a picture of my wife? She's beautiful. Look at how pretty she is. Just keep talking about your wife. You know what you'll do? You'll put out her fire. Amen. The hooks kind of come off. Amen. And if they get really pushy, just say, you know, my wife, she's so much more prettier than you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Ain't she got it? She got it. Yeah. You, well, not so much. But her, woo. I tell you, if it, if it gets bad enough, you might have to resort to that. Just saying. 
So notice what he said here. Uh, and it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not under, he didn't listen to lie by her or to be with her. He didn't have an ear to listen to what she said. That's a good thing. But notice every day there was this relentless speaking. And I'm saying this to say that there was a provision there for his flesh, wasn't it? There was a opportunity, so to speak. There was a supply. What do you do? Notice what he did. And he did what we all should do. Verse 11, it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do what? His business. Now, <clears throat> that's the first point I want to talk, mention to you about. Number one is keep mind on your business. When you're in the work world, doing things, going here and there, running errands, just keep your mind on your business. Amen. Business. You can go home and relax with your wife. Amen. Go home, relax with your wife. But when you're in this world, keep your mind on business. Amen. As he went into the house to do business, verse 11, and there was none of the men of the house there within. Secondly, never put yourself in a situation where you're alone. With, with a woman. Amen. And uh, ladies ought never put themselves in a situation where a man's alone. Uh, I'll I tell you what, uh, one of the biggest dangers is these small businesses where uh, there's a, a man there and a woman working and that's all. But danger. Danger. Uh, and, 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 and I'm saying this because the devil will try to put the supply there, the opportunity there. And God is simply saying, as he said in Romans 13, don't put the supply there. Amen. You can't keep the pizza in the fridge if you're on a diet. And so this, this truth that God is, is teaching us here through Joseph is never be alone. Just don't, don't go in alone with, in a place with a woman. Uh, you, you may have to do business in there. Get your business done and get out. Amen? Amen. And, and keep a business mind to you. But he already knew that Potiphar's wife, day by day, she was haranguing him. And she had her claws in him. And, and, and he had to deal with this thing every day. And so what did he do? Verse 12. It culminated, verse 12, and she caught him by his garment. She literally grabbed a hold of him, saying, lie with me. And what did he do? He left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Amen. I like the King James. He got him out of there. Amen. He got going, boop, choo. He's out of there like the roadrunner. Amen. Roadrunner was out of there. I love the roadrunner. Amen. Wiley Coyotes coming up and he's got the perfect plan to trap the roadrunner. 
and the roadrunner is so fast that the, the anvil coming from the sky is ready to fall on him. And all of a sudden, boop, roadrunner takes off. Bong. It hits Wiley Coyote. I love it. <laughs> Amen. If you got grandkids, you'd be watching it too. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> and, and can I tell you what? That is exactly how we got to be. We got to be like Roadrunner. Boom, I'm getting out of here. You see, here, here's, here's what we do. We think we're spiritual enough to always handle every situation. But the problem is if we don't follow the principles of Scripture and make not a provision for that, that it's possible that this old flesh could take a hold of us. Amen. So, <clears throat> wisdom teaches us to make no provision. If the supply is there, you run. You run. You know, did you notice he didn't stand around trying to, to convince her it was wrong? Did you notice that? Now, now, Potiphar, Mrs. Potiphar, sit down here. Let me explain to you why this isn't right. No, he, he, he explained to her it wasn't right by leaving his coat and taking off. Amen? That's how you explain the difference between right and wrong. Uh, I think, listen, you can be a spiritual person, and I hope you are. But you still have the flesh in your life. And this old flesh is still there. And he's not going away. You know when, you know, you know when this flesh goes away? is when you die and go to heaven. That's the, only, that's the last day you have to worry about the flesh. Boy, it's going to be a glorious day, isn't it? It'll be a wonderful day. And, and can I say to you today that a lot of difficulties have arisen with people, a lot of problems, not because uh, they weren't spiritual people, but somehow they realized there was a, they didn't realize there was a provision for the flesh that was there. Uh, the devil either provided it or the, the pizza was in the, in the fridge. So I'm simply saying <coughs> that he ran the third thing he did was he made sure to tend to his business. He made sure to tend to business. And, and the fourth thing is he never caught himself alone. He never caught himself alone. Amen. Well, when I went to Bible college, if you were caught alone in a classroom with a, uh, a young lady, you got demerits. That's good training. That's good teaching. That's good training. Amen? Why? It's not making provision. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're an evil person. It means you're wise to the old flesh. It means you don't put trust in the flesh. You know, the book of Romans, which Paul wrote, he said, the, the flesh profiteth nothing. It profiteth nothing. It, it's not going to do us any good. It's, it's one of our enemies. And so here's Joseph. She grabs him. She grabs his coat. He leaves his coat in her hand. He fled and he got him out. <laughs> I like those words. I'm going to preach a sermon on got him out sometime. Amen. <clears throat> Verse 13. And it came to pass 
when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth. Now notice, notice what happened. Now, when he refused, she now turns against Joseph. She now is going to twist the plot. She now is going to say, okay, he treated me that way. He wouldn't give me what I wanted, so now I'm going to turn against him. And notice what she does. Um, verse 14, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. Something to remember about a, a person like this is not only are they fleshly in, in that area, but they'll also be a liar too. They'll be a liar. Boy, you don't want to get mixed up with somebody like that. Hey, listen, young men, date for a long time. Date for a long time. Make sure they're pure and godly. Don't touch while you're dating. Have a, have a pure dating relationship. Amen? Amen? Uh, don't, uh, young ladies, don't let a boy touch you until you're married. My wife and I dated three years, and the first time we held hands was at our wedding rehearsal. It was weird, <laughs> but it was good. <laughs> Amen? Weird and good all at the same time. We held hands at the wedding rehearsal. Dr. Vineyard said, son, don't shake her hand, hold her hand. <laughs> yes, sir. I held her hand. That was good. I said, can't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> Amen. We got married the next day. And uh, we've been holding hands ever since. Amen. As long as I'm not in the doghouse. Yeah. And <clears throat> <laughs> Amen. So, so notice this. Notice this. And by the way, this is why it's so wise never to get involved with somebody like this. Because... If you don't give them what they want, they then turn against you and lie, lie about you. And it happened to old Joseph. But let me tell you something. God worked it all out because Joseph was not willing to allow the provision to be in his life. He didn't allow it. He didn't want it to be there. He said, no. I remember when I was in high school, I literally had, when I was in high school, there was, I went to a Christian school all through high school. Um, when I was in fifth grade, my parents pulled me out and started going to Christian school from fifth grade to 12th grade, and I graduated from a Christian school. <clears throat> but there were friends that I had known from the public school, I mean fourth grade, okay? So fourth grade, but by the time I got in high school, there were two girls that called me on the phone from high school. Calling me, talking to me. And I, I, I was too dumb. I didn't know what was going on in the beginning. But they called, hey, what you doing? Oh, we, we haven't connected in a long time. And we ain't about to either. 
Amen. Uh -uh. And it finally dawned on me. That's kind of what was going on. And it happened just like right out of the blue. You, you know what I started doing? I started witnessing to him and telling him how God saved me and called me to preach. Uh, oh, 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 really? Oh, well, I, I'm a Christian too. Really? Well, I'm the old-fashioned Bible-believing kind. Oh, okay. And guess what? For some reason, they didn't call me back anymore. I'm glad. I'm simply saying you have to always eliminate the supply. If you eliminate the supply, it's going to be so much easier in life and better to please God and to become successful because that, that one minute, what if Joseph would have done that? What if that one time just allowed himself to be a human, a fleshly human? What if he'd have done that? He lost his testimony. He'd have lost his job. He'd have lost so much. And say, listen, if you don't, it's better to make sure that the supply is not there than to have to face all of the difficulties that come with it afterward. Amen? So, follow Joseph's example. Don't allow provision there. If a provision does arise, run from the provision. Thirdly, tend to business. Tend to business. And fourthly, just don't be alone in a place where there could be a temptation and a problem. I got to thinking about the Apostle Paul. You know, the Apostle Paul would travel. As the Apostle Paul would travel, he would take companions with him. He took um, Barnabas for a while. And then he took John Mark with him as he traveled. And um, we find even in Acts chapter 20 that there were many disciples that came with Paul as he journeyed and as he preached the gospel in, in, in all the world. Uh, he, and I think one of the, and, and, and I tell you what, even in soul winning, you, we got to be careful. If you go soul winning and you don't have a partner, and you, sh you should get a partner. But if you don't get a soul winning partner, then let me tell you something. I just put tracks on doors or go talk to people, you know, give them gospel track. But I wouldn't go into a house alone. I wouldn't do it. And you got to be wise about these things. Because that old flesh is still there no matter how spiritual you are. And we just got to remember that we can't make a provision for it. You know, the Apostle Paul ended his life blessed and successful. He finished his course. He kept the faith. Amen? He, he, he said, uh, and, and he talked about many trials and temptations that befell him. Everywhere he went and everywhere he was. But thank God he made sure the supply wasn't there. I want to ask you tonight, is there some kind of something in your life that is supplying the thing that pleases our flesh? If not, we ought to do what God wants us to do and make no provision for it. This old flesh has to be 
It has an appetite and it cannot be fed if we're going to be successful. It does. Let this old flesh starve. Amen. It can come in so many forms on the television, on the phone, in so many different ways, in so many different avenues. And God is simply saying, hey, if, if you take some of those provisions, if you've got a problem with something like that, take away the provision. You say that's a little drastic. That's a little bit good. Amen. Uh, you have trouble in some area of your life. Take the provision away. Take it away. Allow God to take it away out of your heart and mind. You say, I just can't make it. You know why we feel that way? You know why a person feels that way? It's because this old flesh has been fed something. And if it's been fed something, I'll tell you what, it'll take control of us. The goal of the Christian life is to make it to the finish line. Amen? That's the goal, is to make it to the finish line. To run that course, to run that race. Years ago, I was watching a um, de, uh, decathlon, decathlon, where they swim 2.6 miles. Then they get on a bicycle ride, 112 miles. Then they run a 26-mile marathon. I don't think I'd get out of the water. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but they do this. And I'll never forget, there was a lady she was leading all of the ladies. And she, 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 was the, she had done the swim and done the bike thing. And, and she is almost to that finish line. And she had, she had literally collapsed because her body had just given up and given out. And she fell with the, running, with the finish line in sight. She was still leading. I saw that lady, and, and by the way, it was a weird thing. She was so exhausted, she lost all bodily functions. And she was crawling, and her lay, knees and her legs were wobbly, her elbows were wobbly, giving out. She was crawling to the finish line. She was going to make it. She was going to make it. Nothing was going to stop her. And I'll never forget the second place lady within just yards of that finish line went around her and won that race. And that lady climbed in second, but the lady who went first, went back after she crossed the finish line and was cheering her on saying, you can make it. You can make it. You can do it. And I want to tell you something. That's the spirit we all have as a Christian. If we eliminate a lot of those supplies in our life, we can make it. We can make it. Let's give God what he wants tonight. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. <clears throat> maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you've learned this valuable lesson in your life. I tell you, you're blessed. You're blessed. It will carry you to the finish line. Keep it in your mind. Keep it in your heart. But maybe you're here tonight and you say, preacher, I needed that in my life. I needed that. There's something in that that I needed. You say, preacher, thank you for the message. I needed something. If that's you, would you lift your hand? I needed something. I needed that. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. <clears throat> I wonder, maybe you're, somebody's here tonight. They don't know the Lord. Maybe you're here tonight. You say, preacher, I'm not saved. I don't know if I died tonight. 
I'd go to heaven. By the way, you can't ever help to hope to have help over the flesh if you're not saved. Got to be saved. Salvation, God will help you from the inside. Maybe you say, preacher, pray for me. I'm not saved. Is there one who lift their hand and say, pastor, pray for me. I'm not saved. I'm not saved. Maybe you're here tonight and God spoke to you in some way. You want God to build these principles into your life. Let God have his way tonight. Would you do it? Heavenly Father.